What's up, guys? Welcome to this podcast. My name is Solomon Lee at Solomon Lee NBA on Twitter. You're joined by Forrest Walker at Do Nots on Twitter. How you doing, man? Hey, uh, I I'm here, baby. I uh, my arm hurts today. My arm hurts. Why is that? Did you get the well, you get your booster shot? I did get my booster shot. Now they're advice for everybody. Yeah, I got mine's last week, and it was hell. I'm not gonna lie. Like I, I hate the experience of these COVID shots. Like I, I get them, and like my arm is sore. I can't unusable the next day. Like I'm, I, I, I've never gotten a dose where I haven't gotten sick the next day. I, it hasn't happened yet. I'm so unlucky that I can't get one damn <laughs> booster shot with without getting sick, without getting a hundred degree fever. <laughs> uh, I feel alright so far. We'll see. We'll see. How I feel tomorrow, but uh, so far so good. My immune system's just weak. I need more vitamin D. Th- that actually, I think that actually means that it's stronger if you're having a stronger reaction to those things or something like that. It doesn't necessarily mean your immune system is weak. It means it's it's like more active. I'm gonna choose to believe the former. Um, <laughs> so let's not bury the lead. The Houston Rockets are really bad right now, and when I mean bad, and when I mean bad, I mean like worse than anyone could have thought they would be. Like <laughs> I was going on shows during the off season and telling people to hammer the Vegas under when it was at like twenty six and a half, and they're even worse than I thought they were going to be. And I was lower on them than I think the general consensus was. They've lost fifteen games in a row, and we've reached that critical point where. No matter what you believe the Rockets should do at this point, all logic goes out the window. Everyone in the NBA is extremely competitive. <laughs> and when you lose that many consecutive basketball games, decisions become emotion-driven, even for the most even-keeled front offices. And I know nobody with that organization is happy right now with the status quo. Uh, all it takes is one person in a position of power to express their impatience in the form of a decision and we're having an entirely different podcast right now. And I feel like I'm doing a repeat of last week's show with Adam Spolane, but I truly think we've been at we've been at this point since like the 12 game mark of the losing streak. And I guess before we get into exactly what is going wrong with this team, what has been a, your perspective of the whole situation? Well, all right. I how should I put this? <laughs> uh, I am lower on everything than everyone usually. I think is the, the the place to start from. Does that sound right? Yeah, yeah, the, the, that sounds like you. <laughs> so, so I, I've always, I mean, I was saying over the summer, like it's a team that has a whole bunch of rookies. They're going to be terrible, right? Like they they were they were always going to be bad. Uh, whether they were like hammer the under bad or not was kind of what what was at stake going into this season. I am. Uh, I won't say I'm bothered by this exactly. I'm bothered by like. I'm bothered that this is happening. Like the the actual wins and losses to me don't matter as much as like the bolt on things that you've talked about, right? Like it's making people in the organization antsy for sure. And we'll get into all that. Uh, I think it's kind of funny that they're losing a lot of games, but this definitely sucks to be someone in that locker room and someone in that front office during this process. Uh, I didn't necessarily think they'd be this bad because right now they look like they're on pace to be the worst team. End of sentence. Uh, but you know it, they were they were never going to be good. The problem is how they're being not good. Uh, that's kind of my take. I'm not bothered by how bad they are. I'm bothered by how they're bothered by how they're getting there. Yeah, I guess we should start with why exactly they're so bad. And it's pretty simple. Like they're 30th in offense. Like they're just terrible at scoring the basketball. And if you want to dig under the hood a little bit to try and figure out why they're that bad, they're 30th in turnover percentage, 28th in three-point shooting, 29th in free throw shooting. And when you watch them, all that lines up with the eye test. Like they're a terrible spaced basketball team. They insist on running two centers out there to start games and not even their best two centers. At this point, 
neither Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, or Jay Sean Tate is a good three-point shooter. So you're not getting any shooting on the perimeter either. So you're pretty much talking one capable three-point shooter out there in your starting lineup, and that's Christian Wood. And I don't think the lineups have made a lot of sense, and they just don't have good point guard play also. Like, I, I actually do think Kevin Porter Jr. has improved like as a defender, um, and I I do still think he's a big source of their turnovers. Like, I, It's not like I do think that like they, he is he is a big source of their turnovers as impressed I, as i am with jalen green's playmaking he is not anywhere close to being ready to be to play primary ball handler like that, i don't even think that's his nba ceiling i think he's a secondary ball handler as nba ceiling and he's not even close to being that um and dj augustine god bless him he's just hanging on by a thread he's not good enough to be uh carrying the the playmaking duties for this team he's 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 been a pretty competent player his whole career you know there's a reason he found his way here in houston and not only is this a young basketball team as you talked about it's just a flawed basketball team that doesn't make a lot of sense right now you can react to anything i just said however you want (laughs) okay uh let me i just looked up what their defensive rating is and indeed you're right the offensive rating right now is as we record is 97.3 points per 100 procession as per NBA.com stats. That's the stats I'm looking at. Uh, very, very bad in the, this current era where everyone has over 100 points per 100 possessions except for Houston and one other team. It is the Thunder who are also very bad. So quick, quick deviation from that. Like I remember in 2016, I think it was 2016, when I was writing about offense with the Rockets because they were doing you know this crazy space team with Ryan Anderson, Eric Gordon. I, was, I, I did a big article on them. And... I, I was looking back how far it took me to get to like 100 points per one of possession, like as as far as that being in the NBA. It took a while, man. It took me a minute yeah. to, to get to that. <laughs> yeah, it's a different league right now, as some teams are back in the past, I guess. Uh, their defense, though, is actually, it's bad, but it's not like horrendous, right? They're 19th with 108.2 points per one possessions for the other teams, which I guess, once again, is pretty bad, but it's better than the Lakers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're 19th. That's that's like that's like acceptably bad. But yeah, being 30th on offense is pretty god awful. Uh, 19th is actually better than I thought they would be defensively. And, and yeah. I, I looked that up, so I'm not surprised that you said that. But it, it is better than I thought they would perform this season. Well, I mean, as they say, defense is a hustle stat, and offense is a missing all your three pointers stat. <laughs> um, it. This is yeah, it, it's pretty bad. They're they're a terrible team. Um, they're just fine. That's a thing. Is that like the team not making any sense in terms of like on the court right now? Right now, I don't think that matters. Right? Like, uh, can, they, can I butt in here? Part. Yeah, butt in. Well, it, it does matter that Jalen Green's just not showed top five pick promise right now. Like that that does matter. Like like as far as far as the offensive you know part is concerned, like they they need to show promise from their young guys. The only guy that showed promise is Shengun, right? And um, I you know I, I don't want to say Jalen Green hasn't showed promise. He's 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 had flashes of of like a guy who I think could be an all star one day, but he is lagging behind his rookie cohorts. Yeah, which is not great, but that's. <sighs> That's kind of not as I'm not worried about that as much, even though it's quite bad, right? Like I don't think that reflects bad. That's maybe kind of worse for the team's future in the more immediate term. But I'm not as like terrified of this, right? Because sometimes picks don't pan out how you thought they were going to. He doesn't look like he's terrible. It's not good, but like I don't feel like the team and the organization 
I don't think it reflects badly upon how they're going about their business that he's not as good as they would have liked him to be. He's not that far off. That it's embarrassing. There are, however, many embarrassing things that are going on with this team. Uh, I mean, if you're going to be this bad, why why aren't we playing Shengun more? Is the question I would ask Ooh. if I am the Rockets. You're trying to get me heated up today. You you are trying <laughs> to get me heated up today. Go ahead. That's that's that that's the big thing, right? Like they're not going to be good this year. They were never going to be good this year. They were always going to go through struggles, and that's okay as long as you're developing your young players to the best of your ability. And I understand you want to have veterans out there to keep things cool and to show the younger players how to play. Uh, Eric Gordon probably didn't sign up for that role, which I said playing sides before. What this all means is that they're not like they're not playing the young players heavily, and they're still losing. I mean, they're you know they're playing some of them some, but the Shengun thing is really uh, emblematic of this, right? If they're going to be losing, they should at least be losing with lots of minutes for rookies and like and younger players who are possibly going to be there long-term if they pan out. It needs to be guys who might be there long-term, not guys who won't be there long-term for sure, which is <laughs> a large part of these rotations, right? Like we don't, what do we, what do we care? How like, how David guys Nwaba. like Eric Gordon or David Nwaba do, right? Like, yeah, these these guys are not going to be long-term options for the team. They don't need to be developed exactly. I mean, maybe you need to keep them happy. I understand the idea you have to keep your veterans happy, but you can also just <laughs> trade them. Like, that's why my big take about this is that we it's looking bad, and we're going to know how bad it's going to be at the trade deadline because they need to get this trade deadline pretty right to keep this thing from uh having huge problems going forward they can't keep doing this they have to like move the veteran like any whatever veterans are in what's the opposite of a doghouse uh cat heaven i don't know whoever is in who these veterans who are in silas's like good graces probably many of them need to go and probably some of them want to go and they need to find a situation where if they're going to be losing they can at least be doing it with players like Green and Shun-Gun like developing as players and developing chemistry and uh, just building toward the future. The present is shot already. There's no reason to worry about the present. It's why the present is so bad that is a problem. God, I love having you on the podcast because like you were just breathing so much emotion there. You still use words like we to describe the Rockets, which I love. I love that. Uh, and, and like I, that's you're just you're speaking for a large portion of the fan base. And I kind of touched on Steven Silas there at the top without really saying his name. Uh, but the listeners are smart enough to know what I was implying when I said all it takes is one impatient person in power. Right. Like this is a precarious time for Silas. The Rockets need a win and they need it badly. This is now the second season in a row that they've lost 15 games in a row. That's bad. That's really bad. And I just don't understand some of the adjustments he's made in the process of trying to find their ideal rotation. I think the biggest adjustment Houston could make right now is starting their best players. And that might sound dumb, but I don't think they're doing that right now. Like, for example, the three players on the Rockets that actually are actually driving positive offense for Houston, and I'm not, I'm not even talking about the numbers. I'm just talking about like just watching them, are Eric Gordon, Christian Wood, and Alperin Shengun. Those are the three most talented offensive players. And I just don't understand why only one of those guys is in the starting lineup. Um, we have reached DEFCON 1 with the Rockets offense. Starting Eric Gordon seems like an obvious and politically tenable 
move for the Rockets. He's a veteran player, so there's not going to be backlash within the team if you bench one of your starting guards or even Jay Sean Tate. Who the hell cares how the fan base reacts, right? <laughs> You're trying to get a win. He immediately helps Houston's floor spacing, and he's just the best guard on the team. He should be starting at this point. Secondly, and I've been on my soapbox on this for a month, and you got me riled up there. Uh, there's no reason Alperen Shingun should be coming off the bench at this point. And I don't even know what you're gaining defensively or offensively by having Daniel House, Daniel Tice out there with Christian Wood. Like, that's just been a terrible combo all season. And I'm not even saying Shingun and Wood is like a massive upgrade, but it has more promise than, than the former. And I think the best thing Houston can do to help themselves right now is like I said, like start their best players. The bench units at this point are a luxury. The Rockets are 26th in the league in first quarter net rating, 30th in the league in third quarter net rating. They're giving up 10 points per 100 possessions in first quarters and 22 points <laughs> per 100 possessions in third quarters. That's hilariously bad. And I don't think it's a coincidence that those are the quarters that the starting lineup dominates the game. What's your take on all that? Did I say anything crazy? Did I say anything blasphemous? No, I mean, this has been the story of the season so far of puzzling lineups and uh, and roster rotations. Look, I I don't know. I agree with you. I don't know how much longer this can go on. Uh, and I'm going to put out there right now. I am not advocating for them to fire Steven Silas. Same. And, and we'll talk about that in a minute, but go ahead. Uh, uh, and But I'm also not advocating for them not to exactly. Uh, I don't. I don't know if he's the guy. I mean, they they hired him at a time where this wasn't what he was signing up to be doing, which I th- is I think it's not not part of the problem, right? Like he he signed up for something weird, but it wasn't this. Uh, I don't know if you know he he had this planned out. I don't know how good of a coach he's going to be over his career. I I do not know. Uh, I don't think there's necessarily anybody out there better than him right now. But they're so bad that like. I feel like the problem with with someone getting, as you said, panicked and so I'm making a move at this moment is not that it might make the team worse. You would be hard pressed to manage to do that. Like even the worst owner in the league couldn't engineer a situation more lossy than this uh, in the short term, in the short term, I want to specify. However, the fact like a quick trigger finger from a front office and an ownership perspective is itself a very bad sign in a longer term. So that's kind of where, I mean, you know me, that's where I'm at with these teams. Like I'm looking at like the long-term picture and like, what does this look like for the team over the next few seasons? What What is this, you know, what is this presage for how they're going to handle other times things get bad or when things get a little better. And the main reason I don't want to see them fire uh, Steven Silas is that, that would be a sign of a front office and a management and probably ownership who is likely to make decisions rapidly and in the heat of the moment. And that's something you don't want to see, even when the moment is understandably very heated and very bad, which it is right now. Yeah. Um, so here's what I'll say. Here's why they shouldn't let go of Steven Silas. First of all, firing a head coach should be like a last case scenario. Like you, you yeah. like that should be like people throw that around too cavalierly on Twitter, right? It's just it, you know, and that's fine. Like Twitter is the place to be emotional, right? Like if you're gonna if you're gonna go get some, something off your chest, go tweet about it, right? Like that's fine. But as far as like actually doing it, like that is it's a really drastic step for the, for an organization to make. And really, you can only do it so many times. You don't want to become 
the the Sacramento Kings. You don't yeah. want to become what the Phoenix Suns were a few years ago, where you're just cycling through head coaches year in year out. You want some stability for your young core, right? And if there's if there's someone that's going to be here on long term that's on the roster right now, really you don't, you don't get that many opportunities to change coaches on them because like after after about two, like. It, it, you're, that's it. You're done. Like, like that player is going to leave after two coaching changes. Like that's oh, that's what always happens. And you really only have so many opportunities to use that bullet, right? So if you're going to use it, first of all, make sure you have that guy waiting in the wings, or like maybe not waiting in the wings, but like you're confident you can find someone waiting in the wings that can be better than your current coach, right? Which is Silas. And secondly, like. Use it at a critical juncture for the organization, which is I don't think this is a critical juncture for the organization, although emotionally it might feel that way, right? And this is why, like we talked about at the top of the podcast, like logically it doesn't make a lot of sense to fire Steven Silas. Emotionally, yeah, like that, that's kind of how the NBA works. Like teams run off of emotion in these kinds of situations, and like here's what's gonna happen. Like I'll I'll play it out for you. This is exactly what's gonna happen if they let go of Silas. First of all, John Lucas gets the head coaching job for the rest of the year, rest of the year. I don't know how many Rockets fans are listening to this, like like pumping their fists, really happy about that, right? Like like I'm not even saying that's that's the you know that's the wrong move. What I'm saying is I know I know how Rockets fans feel about John Lucas because I was there when he became a finalist for the job, right? Like he was a finalist for the job, and everybody was rooting for Silas to get it, right? And so that's not going to satisfy the fan base if you're a fanless if you're if you're a fan of the team. I'm sure that's not going to make you happy. Like they're not going to make an outside hire midseason. They've never done that. You know, like they're 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 going to wait uh, until the offseason and do an, a long extensive extensive coaching process. We we've seen how the Rockets do coaching searches. It's long, it's arduous. It's names get leaked over and over and over again. You're left sitting on your hands until the last minute and then they make a decision, right? Like they they, they take their times on this stuff and they they mull it over. So like it's not going to in the moment that's not really going to solve any issues like they're probably going to play the same basketball they were um under Lucas than they were than they were under Silas like Lucas is, is the associate head coach he's not going to do stuff that's much differently than Silas and i just like th- that's not going to solve anything short term and again Silas has two more years remaining after this season like i don't i don't understand the harm in letting those two years play out because i don't think he's stunting development like a, a lot of these young players are getting playing time now should they be getting more yeah i think a lot of, a lot of these players should be getting more playing time kj martin's a great example of this right should be in the rotation and should be getting more than about 10 minutes a game um you know like i think josh christopher should be sent to the g league i don't know why he's not like usman garuba got sent there i don't know why josh christopher's not down down there right now like he's not it's not like he's playing minutes up here uh with the rockets so it, it you know like I, I other than that though like i don't really think he's stunting development shangun's playing a ton of minutes as much as i'd like him to start as much as i'd like him to start for houston um he's playing a ton of minutes uh jalen green playing a ton of minutes probably a lot of those minutes probably undeserved right like Eric Gordon's right behind him probably deserves to start over him from a basketball talent standpoint. So like, I don't think, I don't think Steven Silas is doing anything to stunt development. I don't think, you know, firing him right now is going to solve any immediate problems. And I don't think it's going to make the fan base happy. So at that point, why do you do it? You know, why do it if if none of those issues are going to get solved? Yeah. I mean, you raise a lot of good points and uh, to go back to my role again, I think, 
that's I think patience, as you said, is better from a a, a higher up perspective, right? Like the secret of this season is that this doesn't actually matter, right? Like these things that the, the fans are getting that are getting upset about, which is primarily losing every game embarrassingly, is only a problem because it feels like a problem. Uh, like it sucks for the players for sure, and it sucks for everyone in the locker room for sure. And I would like them to be able to have a better time and feel like they're moving towards something. But like, as long as they get there eventually, this stuff is gonna gonna go away uh, at some point. Like they do need to get a win here and there, so they don't just like <laughs> yeah. kind of give up on everything. Like they need to feel a little bit like there's a purpose to doing this. They need to get some wins sometimes. But there's the just reason- so much tension. They need like a re- yeah. release valve of some sort. Yeah, exactly. It's all emotional, right? The the, the wins aren't actually going to help the team in any tangible fashion, right? Like they don't need to be higher in the standings. In fact, it's probably best for the team to be at the at the bottom of the entire league. That's the place that they want to be currently, uh, from a macro perspective. But you know, they need to win enough to feel like their efforts are paying off somehow. That they're not just like the absolute jokes of the NBA. And you don't want to get off to like an eight a one and 18 start or something like that that's no fun uh and it's also a problem because this team i think is prone to being twitchy and i don't think that's contentious to say we have in the houston rockets owner tillman fertita a guy who's said repeatedly he loves to make big changes these are this is this is his avowed methodology and we've seen big changes happen with the team and i don't think Therefore, the better. Uh, I don't think they. Some of them, perhaps. I don't. I'm not going to try to debate each thing that Tolan Verdita and ownership has done or what they've done exactly. But the team has taken big swings under under his ownership. He's a big swings kind of guy, and I don't think now is the time to be making big changes in the team. They just made a lot of big changes, like you said. Stability is important. If you want coaches to take your take you up on your job offers you need them to think that they're not going to get the boot as soon as they have a bad run right you need to establish that you are a team who's willing to be patient with individual human beings like that is the biggest thing right now is that the the houston rockets organization needs to be a place that people would not be upset to be working for Uh, and it's hard when everyone's upset working for them because they're losing so much completely understandable but they cannot jump into any decisions right now like if they're going to do anything it needs to be probably over the offseason except for making trades to put themselves in a better position in the mid at, at, at the midpoint of the season which we can talk about and stuff because they do need to do some things uh but they the wins and losses don't matter except that it sucks 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 to watch sucks to be part of and sucks to be watching happen when you are the owner of the team like of as much as much guff as many of us, self-included, have given the ownership of the Houston Rockets, completely understandable to be... Imagine like imagine being the owner of this team and watching them just lose and lose and lose. You knew they were going to be bad when you were you know, signing up for this process, but it's worse than anybody could have predicted. And if you're the owner of the team, you have to feel even worse about it. Understandable that, you, that anybody would be getting twitchy right about now. And we need a very steady hand <laughs> out of Tillman Fertitta if we want to see the Houston Rockets uh, get it together at all going forward. And that is my big worry right now. That's my big worry. Yeah. Um. And going back to Silas, this is not me saying that I think he's the best coach in the world. Like I, I've, I've expressed my skepticism with his coaching for about like a, 
like six months now. Like I, I, I was talking about his coaching last season with the caveat that listen, last year was crazy. I'm not going to, I'm not going to put too much of an indictment on what he did last season, last year. Like there was a ton of injuries. The James Harden stuff was crazy. He didn't sign up for that team, whatever. This season he was prepared. He had a training camp. He knew what he was getting into. Um, and I, I have not seen anything to indicate that he is a good NBA coach or like, I, I just haven't seen it yet. I do think he's a really smart NBA guy, right? Like he's a really, really sharp dude. I think there's a potential, there's the potential that he becomes a good NBA coach. Um, it may, it's one of those things. It's kind of like JB Bickerstaff, where like JB Bickerstaff seems to have found his footing in the league, right? He bounced around a little bit and he was a really sharp guy when he was in Houston, right? You could always tell that guy's going to be a head coach one day. And he, when he got the job, he wasn't ready. And I think this might be one of those situations with, with Steven Silas where like, you know, he may not be ready for this job. And, you know, I do think he can still be a head coach in the NBA one day. Cause again, like I, I, the guy's so smart. The guy is so smart. It's not like, like you talk to him and you ask him a basketball question and he's going to say, we just got to try harder. He's not giving you those, those BS answers. He's giving you like, okay, we have to screen this way and we have to like roll this. Like, you know, he's giving you like really detailed basketball answers. He's a really like, like thoughtful basketball guy. And, you know, it's not surprising it comes from a basketball pedigree. But like what I'm saying here is that I have not seen anything uh, to suggest that he is a good NBA coach. To be perfectly clear, just because I think they should keep him doesn't mean I think he is a, the long-term, you know, the future head coach of the Houston Rockets is, is what I'm saying. I mean, I think you're right. And it's also, this is a rebuild right now, right? Like you don't, you don't keep typically your rebuild coach through into your, you know, uh, more solid days that you hope are coming up. Typically you have a different kind of coach and a different situation when you're actually trying to make something of the team, which, you know, doesn't necessarily reflect on anybody, but, you have, you know, you're taking out flyers on people, right? Like it's the same as, you know, with, with players, honestly, the entire, everyone working for the team, uh, you can take the chance to try to train up your own guys, right? Like the hope is that you hire someone and they, they blossom into someone better, but if they don't, you know, there are other coaches out there. The coach is not as big of a deal, uh, but you can't just chuck them under the bus that quickly, especially not within, like you said, he has two years in the contract. And then also the way that it shook out with Mike D'Antoni is still, pretty fresh in my opinion uh so you probably don't want another public coach falling out going on there's just there's a lot of reasons they really need to stay calm right now they really need to just like tough this out and like i don't know uh got got out a win by changing this change i mean i if i were them I would be listening to everything you're saying because what do you have to lose if changing up your lineups uh, doesn't work out particularly well? What's what's the worst that happens? Yeah, I, like, like here's the thing: as a viewer of the Houston Rockets, sometimes I'm I'm at the game or I'm watching the game, and I know that fans are tuning out, and at the arena they're leaving, right? And I watch them. I'm like, God, I wish I was them. Like I get jealous of these fans that that that, <laughs> that can leave and don't have to work the game, don't have to ask questions, don't have to like sit in that for the for the next couple hours, you know, write my story in there, all that stuff. They don't have to sit in that for the next few hours. They can escape. Um, but yeah, I mean, I guess I guess what I'm trying to say here is that it's not great. Yeah, I mean, uh, if if they keep on this trajectory, they're gonna have to do something if just to like keep. <laughs> the uh, the powers that be and the players that be like a little le- le- little bit less stressed out because the this cannot continue like they 
as much as once again it doesn't actually matter from like a current goals perspective whether they end up 1 and 81 at the end of the season if they ended up 1 and 81 at the end of the season the team would be like absolutely shredded it would be unconscionable and would be just such that's that's a cloud that like you wouldn't be able to get off of this team for like a decade or more honestly like that's such that's such a huge problem to fall into a hole like that like it, it even if you get a really good draft pick everyone's poisoned by this like super miserable experience and yeah they're not going to win one game right they're going to win more games but like how many more is the question is it going to be like 12 that's too low <laughs> That's too low. You have to they they have to start winning a couple games here and there now, or this this is going to poison everybody on this team. So he, here's what the Rockets have going for them: they play seven of their next eight games at home, so a pretty long two week homestand. And as far as teams, they're set to play the Thunder twice, the Pelicans, and the Magic. So there are some winnable games there. Yeah, I mean the Thunder are also pretty bad, and just by uh, kind of law of averages, you'd think they'd win one. They've People have done luck-adjusted net ratings also, and like the Rockets shake out a lot better in luck-adjusted net rating than they do in flat-out net rating. Uh, so the people that make those models do... Uh, those models think that the Rockets have been kind of unlucky, which, uh, you know, I think that... I think that, like, passes a sniff well, test, whether it's... That game, against, or not. that game against the Knicks was... I mean, if you want to talk about unlucky, like, who would have, who would have saw that coming? That fourth quarter shooting from the Knicks? Yeah, I mean, this is... All right. I don't want to get into how much of the Rockets are like lucky or unlucky as a team. I think that's outside the purview of a uh, of a science and fact based podcast. But it, I mean, Alex Burks had yeah. had like what sixteen points in that fourth quarter. I, I don't know what he had. He 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 was incredible in that in that fourth quarter. But oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, it, it does seem like the bad, the unlikely things happen to them a lot. That's what I'll say. Anecdotally, it feels like weird outliers always happen to them. And I know, I know that like every team's fan base feels this way or whatever, but uh, uh, the good news, Solomon, is that the Rockets have a better net rating on uh, on home games and road games. Yeah, I mean, that's that's where they won. They won that one game. At, at home, they're they're minus twelve point five net rating on the road, and they're minus nine at home. So hey, uh, that's uh that that's you know that's a good three and a half points better, which is they've had a few have had a few games that were pretty close. So maybe that's enough for them to get a win or two. What does that equal out to? Like fans leave the arena two minutes later than they normally would. Is is is, is that what that equals? <laughs> I mean, hey, if it's if it's a close game like with the uh, like with the Lakers, you know, you get that three points better and maybe you win it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's it sucks. It's suck. It sucks to be the fans right now. Obviously, like everyone, everyone has seen it. Everyone is everyone has seen it. If they're even watching the games on TV right now. Yeah, yeah. It it it's brutal. It's brutal. And, and again, like like just just being in that, you can feel it. Like you can you can just especially after losses, like. Like press conferences are like two minutes long instead of you know your usual five to seven. Like like people don't want to talk to you. People don't want to uh, sit around <laughs> at Toyota Center that long. People want to get the hell out of there, and uh, it, it is uh, it is it is brutal. Yeah, it's uh, I mean the Rockets have always been Rockets fan base has always been let me say uh, embattled. Do you think it's an apt descriptor? The fan base. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so uh it's it's even worse when like you feel like the world's against you and then uh like also that your guys are losing really badly yeah i think 
here's my here's my worst case scenario for the team. I need to get out a worst case scenario while we're still here because I'm me and I'm here presumably for such a reason. The absolute worst thing that can happen is that the ownership looks at how miserable the fans are, how much cheaper the tickets are right now, which translates directly into making less money. Also, the gate return, like fewer people are coming in. The gate returns are worse right now. This is bad for the bottom line of like getting people to watch it on TV. They're not on national TV as often. This has to be hitting the Fertitta family right in the pocketbook, right? Like, so these ticket prices are insane. Like, like legit, you can get lower bowl tickets for less than forty dollars every game, no matter the opponent. Jesus, Jesus, that's yeah. If you really look hard enough, like you're gonna find good deals on tickets, and um, and the arena is not full even with those those you know ticket prices. So, if you're an ownership group that is hurting already, annoyed, like financial having financial problems, and you are looking at like. Now this team that has become, you know, now it's more of a money sink. At least, I don't know how much money the take home from ownership for the Houston Rockets is. I want to put that out there. But it's definitely lower now than it was during, like, the good years. Well, re- revenue sure. sharing helps, right? Revenue sharing yes. does help them. It's true, but it's not good. I think there's a lot of reasons to believe that the ownership might say, this sucks. Let's at least be decent. And that's the one thing you don't want to see happen is them to give up on the idea of this rebuild partway through and be like, look, we can get some halfway decent veterans in here. We can try to like try to make the bottom of the playoffs or something, give people a reason to show up, like at least half of a hope and try to just like recoup some of these losses. Like this stinks. It's not going anywhere. You've failed at this thing you've thrown out to us. It's going to work. And like, the idea that within a couple of years, the team might just sort of move toward uh, what has been very unkindly termed the mediocrity treadmill, I think is the absolute worst case scenario that could happen. Yeah. Um, so to Tillman's credit, he did come out in an article, I believe, to Fagan or to McMahon. I can't remember. Um, saying that he knows the Rockets are going to be bad over the next couple of years or like be bad this season. But there is a difference um, between talking the talk and walking the walk, right? And sitting in it again, like just just being in it, like it it, it sucks. And um, I know these people are competitive. I I'm not talking about the free. I'm just talking about I know these organizations are super competitive. Everybody who works in sports is super competitive, and it's got to eat at them. And I'm not even saying like the you know the the worst case scenario is is someone doing something this year. Like it could even be like after the season after this, right? Like they give it a couple of seasons to to try this out, and then like they're sick of it after a couple of seasons because unfortunately a couple of seasons not really enough time for this. But two Earth years is a long time in this planet on which we live. That is a long time in our human lifespans to deal with going through this every single day so i there the upside the ups the possible upside of this team is who knows who knows it's that's the point that's the point of a rebuild you have no way to know how, how good things could be but like you you have to you have to stick with it and there's a lot of reasons why someone might want not want to stick with this a lot a lot a lot of reasons and it could it could break really well for the Rockets. It could break really, really badly for the Rockets from here on. And I think at this point, we just have to trust that the people in charge 
know what they're doing and can keep a cool head. Yeah. Uh, thank you so much for coming on for us. Where can we follow you on Twitter? Hit me up at, at Donuts, D-U-N-O-T-S, where I talk about uh, basketball and uh, kind of how much things suck sometimes, but also how cool some, th- some things are. Yeah, I mean, listen, it, it does feel pretty cool after you get the symptoms of the booster shot, like like to know that you have it, right? Just, it's it, true. Like, it, it just, that's a great feeling. Yeah, I want to recommend everybody, you know, everyone who had a, uh, every adult over 18 who had a uh, COVID-19 full course at least six months ago for the uh, Pfizer or Moderna, or at least two months ago for the Johnson & Johnson shot, is recommended now by the CDC to go get a shot, check in with your, you know, local public health in your city, uh, or like, you know, various drug stores or whatever. Recommend everybody go get a shot. It'll help keep you safe. Yeah, I got it at CVS. Really quick, schedule an appointment, done. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, this was fun. I'll talk to you down the line for us. Sounds great.